Timothy 1, 1 through 7. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Family Day, May Family Day on Mother's Day. And it is a pleasure to have all of you here as a family. I see families sitting together. That's very special. Family is the most important institution in our nation. The destruction of the family will result in the destruction of our nation. It's important that you know that we at Faith Baptist Church treasure our families. And I believe that God treasures families. I wanted to remember Mother's Day this year by saying, I remember Mama. I never, I think when I became a teenager, Kim, I started calling her Mother. When I was in elementary school, I couldn't call her Mother because I couldn't pronounce my TH correctly, and I called her mother. And I caught a bit of teasing about calling her mother. But really, she was always mama. I remember mama. It, it's a, Mother's Day is a good time to remember your mother, isn't it? My mother has been with Jesus for some time now. But I remember mama. I think one of the main things I remember about my mother was her Bible. You know, when you're a kid, things are larger than life. And then when you grow up, things are not nearly as big as you remembered them being. I remember my mother's Bible as being huge. I mean, it was that thick. And what I remember about it besides its size was her reading her Bible. And, and I mean, she was not doing it for show. She would get out her Bible and she would read her Bible silently, sometimes aloud if, if we were doing a devotion. But most of the time, she just sat there silently reading her Bible. But something I got from her, I mean, that impacted me. But something I got from her, Don, she would write in her Bible. She would have a pen out. She recorded every sermon that she ever heard. She wrote the pastor's name down that preached it and the date and marked the passage, you know, that it came from. Boy, you don't want to repeat a sermon with my mother around because you'd be caught. Uh, she knows when you preached that before. But making notes in her Bible, underlining, she did that. Maybe that's why I do that now. Um, I, I know, I don't know if you do that or not. Maybe you consider your Bible too sacred. But there is a connection when you mark in it, when you write it down, that your hand is connected to your heart. And you remember those notes that you made because that verse of Scripture touched you in a certain way. And I remember 
Mama's Bible. I remember Mama's praying. When I, I don't know why, I don't think I had a bad second grade year. I remember it pretty well. But when I went into the third grade, uh, not only could I not pronounce mother correctly, I was not a good reader. I was behind in reading when I went into third grade. And I started moving up, but my teacher recommended to my mother, help him to love reading by reading to him. Now, you would think that my mother would pick out something like the Hardy Boys, you know, something simple, something fun. Oh, no, my mother was a nurse. And so she read me the biography of Albert Schweitzer, <laughs> the medical doctor who worked in Africa. I mean, what is that all about? But the truth is, I loved it, and I was fascinated by the stories of Africa and of the Africans that he dealt with. She, I said I remembered my mother's prayers. I remember hearing my mother pray. I remember hearing her pray for us. So, something she prayed about that she never told me. Until years later, after Brenda and I announced that the Lord had called us to Africa's missionaries, she said, you don't know it, but when you were little, I prayed that God would call you as a missionary. And I thought, you might have told me that, Mom. I mean, give me a warning. But she prayed, and God answered her prayers. I remember my mother's sermon. Some of you heard me tell this story before, and I'm sorry, you have to hear it again. When I was eight years old, uh, one of my friends got baptized, like Sydney and Tanley did, Sabrina, today. One of my friends got baptized, and I wanted to be baptized. I thought that was unique. I wanted to be baptized. So I told my mom, and she said, have you been saved? I'd been in church my whole life. I'd heard 10,000 sermons by the time I was eight years old. And didn't understand a single one of them. So that when she said, have you been saved? I said, what does that mean? And my mother preached me the shortest salvation sermon that's ever been preached. She said, that means... Have you admitted to God that you're a sinner and ask him to forgive you of your sins and ask Jesus to come into your heart and be your savior? I understood that and I understood that clearly. Unfortunately, I lied and said, yes, I've done that. That rocked on for eight more years until I was 16 years old and I heard my, my mother's sermon continually in my head. And I did what she said. Oh, yeah. I remember mama. I remember my mother. It's a good day for remembering mothers. You see, that's what Paul is doing when he's talking to Timothy. He says, I remember your mother. I remember your grandmother. I remember their faith, and that's what I see in you. It got me to thinking, Todd, what would my mother want to see in me? 
Paul said, I see that in you that was in your grandmother and in your mother. What would my mother want to see in me? And I tell you what I think, Donna, I think my mother would want to see in me what God wants to see in me. And what Paul says from that point on is he's revealing what God would like to see in us. What my mother would want to see in me. Number one, a genuine faith, a real faith. He said, I remember your genuine faith. Now, Paul had seen fake religion aplenty. He was a Pharisee. He was a, a band of the well-educated, well-connected religious leaders, and it was all for show. None of it was real. Until God met him on the road to Damascus, he fell before the Lord and confessed that he could not save himself, that keeping that religion, that religious law was not enough, and he called on Jesus, what would you have me to do? He surrendered his life. He knew a genuine faith when he saw it, and he saw a real faith in Timothy. Notice about that faith of Timothy, that Timothy had a legacy of faith. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. Now, by the way, Paul is already at this point connected with a legacy of faith. He mentions in verse 3, this is verse 5, but he mentions about himself in verse 3, I worship God as my ancestors did. That lays the groundwork done for him to talk about the grandmother and the mother and the third generation. Timothy was the third generation of real faith in that family. Mom, you don't know the impact that you have. You wield a tremendous influence on your family. The fact that you mothers are in church today is a huge testimony of your heart. Your children are more likely to grow up, uh, to, to be in church if they grow up in church. You're planting that seed for them. You are training them in the way that they ought to go. And your influence is huge. Never underestimate your influence on your children. My wife did not know that I was going to quote her today. But she has said for years, in dealing with missionary wives and pastors' wives, she always tells them, if you look at your husbands, you will see their work, because that's who they are. But if you look at the mother, you will see the heart of the home. You're the heart of the home. You display the love the peace, the contentment, you will form the heart of your children and have a tremendous impact on the faith of your children. But make sure it's a positive influence. Make sure it's a positive one. By the way, children, I need to say to you, 
that you cannot inherit the faith of your parents. I'm talking about a legacy of faith, but you cannot inherit that faith. You have to see their faith and come to faith on your own. Mom, Dad, if your faith is real and you demonstrate it to your children, you cannot have faith for them. Tenley was saved not because Clint and Andrea were able to save her. She was saved because she saw their faith. Same thing with Sydney. The same thing with Sabrina. That all of us, we've seen our parents' faith, and we want to imitate that, but you have to have your own personal faith. Young people, listen, I've said to you before, God has no grandchildren. He only has children. You have to come to God for yourself. Trust in Him and be saved. Mom, you will have a tremendous impact. Dad, you'll have a tremendous impact. But it's up to that child to come to faith on their own. By the way, it's not only a legacy of faith, but that faith is not a hypocritical faith. Now, you say, but you're still reading the same verse. Yeah, but I'm reading a different translation. There's a new translation, and I, I'm, I'm always interested in reading new translations. And the living, I'm sorry, the Legacy Standard Bible is a new translation. The Old Testament's not even out yet. But in the New Testament in this verse, it quotes the Greek almost to the point of being a transliteration, Jacob, instead of a translation. It's almost letter for letter giving you the Greek word, and it is not or unhypocritical. Now, unhypocritical is not really a good English word, so most of the translators didn't use that. But I like the fact that, Clint, that's just how, how close it is. I mean, it just follows the original language like that. It's not put on. Listen to me. Don't be a hypocrite. Religion that's just for show won't get you to heaven. Again, Paul had seen plenty of that. I've seen plenty of hypocritical faith in my life. And only real faith in God will get you to heaven. Don't be a hypocrite. For eight years, I know what a hypocrite is because I looked at one in the mirror for eight long years. I had lied about trusting Jesus until I made it right and got saved. I trusted in Christ. I invested in a real faith in Christ as my Savior. The second thing I talked about, the legacy or of genuine faith. The second thing that God and my mama would want to see in me is fervent service. Fervent service. I, I tried to think of a word to use here that adequately carries on the idea of fanning a fire, of a flame. Fervent has the idea of being on fire. The message, uh, Delenn loves to to use the message in our Sunday school class. Did that this morning. Uh, in the message it says, And the special gift of ministry you received 
Keep that ablaze. Keep it on fire. I'm glad for the three that we were able to baptize this morning, and I hope they will stay on fire. I, I've seen, we, we've baptized quite a few people in the past year. Praise God for that. Amen. We've baptized quite a few people. Not all of them are still around. You know, it's, it seems like people come to church and they get saved, they get excited. But if they don't get involved in one of our study groups, and if they don't get involved in ministry to keep the flame going, they have a tendency to disappear. They cool off. Some of us have done that. By the way, if there's ever anything that'll cool you off, it's hiding out from COVID for a year and not coming to church. No wonder we're struggling to get our attendance back because people have been afraid and hiding out and you cannot keep the fire going without sitting under the sound of the preaching of the Word of God. I tell you, we need a revival. We need a revival in our nation. We need a revival in the state of Arkansas. We need a revival in our churches. And we need a revival in our homes, a revival of real on-fire faith. The thing is, the truth is, we may want a revival in our nation, but it will not happen unless it starts in us, in our family, in our church, in our state, and moves to our nation. That old song that we used to sing at revival time every summer was, Lord, send a revival and let it begin in me. I need a revival. What about you? Let's fan the flame. Let's keep our fervent service on fire. Get fired up about serving God. He says, for this reason, I remind you, and there the normal translation, to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. Get fired up. Come to church. Open your Bible. Bow before God in prayer. Get fired up. Use the gifts that you have. Notice that he says, the gift of God which is in you. Carter, that sounds to me like that you have a gift in you that God put there, and He expects you to use that for His glory. That's true of every one of us, Taylor. That's true of you. That's true of you, Darren. It's true of every one of us. We all have what we would call, I guess, Andrew, natural gifts. Those are the things... Tenley, obviously, has a gift for music. I envy those who do. Not all of us have the gift of music. Not all of us can sing like Aaron sings. I know because I've stood beside some of you while you're singing. <laughs> but there are more gifts than just that. Some of you have gifts in electronics and electricity. Some of you have gifts of mechanics. Um, I, I learned more mechanic, more mechanical work than I ever wanted to know living in Africa where you had to. 
I mean, I was, I could change the oil in the car before that. I wasn't so bad that I lifted the hood and looked at the engine and said, yeah, it's still there. You know, I, I knew a little bit more than that and had to do more than that. Matt, who are you pointing at? Uh, <clears throat> but you have different gifts. And you need to use the gift that you've been given to the glory of God. It came from God. Use that gift to the glory of God. Every member of our church ought to be involved in some aspect of ministry. There's, there's something for everyone to do. I'm grateful for the guys who are standing guard at the door right now. We do have a security team. Praise God. And that is a way to serve. We have teachers. We have people in the nursery, some of them taking care of little babies, some taking care of older people. We have a child's chapel service going on at the same time we're in here. There's plenty of ministry to be done. I praise God for my deacons. I've, I've got deacons who really do deek, and, and I thank God for that. Listen, don't be a spectator. Get on fire. If you want to be on fire as a member of the church, get involved, get in. Don't be a spectator. Join in on the work of God. You have innate gifts, gifts that God has placed in you. Use them for the glory of God. Beyond that, you also have some training. He says, the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. I think about the gift of God. So it's God's gift, so it's in you. And specifically in this verse, I think Paul's probably talking about a gift that he was given, uh, that Timothy was given by his, in his ordination, by the laying on of hands. Now, I don't think that gift is still available today, but it was in that day. But I tell you what's still available. Uh, there's another way to lay on hands. That is, that you train someone to do what you're doing. I know that some of our members have been involved in teacher training, right, Cassidy? Been in the class getting hands-on training where a teacher is, so to speak, laying her hands on you, training you what to do. By the way, we all ought to do that. That's what the church is all about. When we talk about making disciples, Corey, we're talking about mentoring people. Showing them, not just telling them how to do it, but showing them how to live the Christian life. And you've been training. Some of your training, maybe a lot of your training, came from your parents, from your mom, from your dad. And those things that you have been trained, remember and do. When you use your training to glorify God, you honor the one who trains you. You want to honor your mom? Do what she trains you to do. You want to honor your dad? Father's Day's coming later. Do what he taught you, trained you to do. When you do that, you honor the one who trains you. Then, number three, this is what God would like to see in you. This is what your mom, this is what my mom would like to see in me, and that is the work of the Spirit 
of God. Now, I said the Spirit of God. In verse 7, he said, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. And the translators often use a small s to indicate that that's not the Holy Spirit. I disagree with that. Because down in verse 14, Paul said, What you heard from me, there it is, the receiving, the training, keep as a pattern. That's something you live out of sound teaching with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit that lives in you. Understand that when you trusted Christ, the Holy Spirit of God moved into you. He lives in you. You have His Spirit living in your spirit. The result of that is power. Not fear, but power. You have the Spirit of God, and it is not a spirit of fear. Friend, it's a spirit of faith. And it is a spirit of power that you can overcome temptation, that you can overcome addiction, that you can overcome trials. You can pass through them by the power of the Spirit of God because He lives inside you and you are enabled by His power. When we listen to the voice of truth, that's the Holy Spirit. Fear begins to fade, and faith ignites in our lives, and we have power through the Spirit of God in our spirit. We also have love. Love is one of the fruits of the Spirit, and the Spirit that we've been given is a, a Spirit of power and love, a fruit of the Spirit. It's also one of the, it is the main identifying mark of a Christian. How will they know the disciples of Christ, he said? By your love. The Spirit of God creates in us a love. By the way, our, our focus, our prime directive at Faith Baptist Church is love God, love others, reach the world. All of it hinges on love. And Paul said later that love is a fulfillment of all the law. And love is a gift, a fruit of the Spirit. And when the Spirit works in you, you see the love of Christ demonstrated. You know, that's what your mom wants to see in you. That's what God wants to see in you. Power, not fear, power, faith, love, and self-control. Your mom spent all her life, all those things that Aaron said he never heard a mom say. Well, that was cool, wasn't it? Just the opposite of what moms always say. But what, she, what mom wants of you, what God wants of you, is for you to be self-controlled. In a runaway chaotic world to have control that happens by the ministry of the holy spirit within us you know you can't see the holy spirit it's like the wind 
You say, well, I can see the wind. No, you can't. You can see the, the effect of the wind. You can see what the wind is doing. It's moving the trees. It's blowing the dust. It's moving the clouds. You see the impact of the wind, but you can't actually see the wind. The same thing's true of the Holy Spirit. I cannot stand here and look at you and see whether the Holy Spirit of God dwells in you or not. But people around will know by your actions. They will see the effect of the Spirit of God in your life to see if you are self-controlled. Others will see Jesus in you. You know, that's what mom wants. It's a proud moment. I think every mother thanked me for having scheduling baptism on Mother's Day. All three mothers said thank you. Made it a special day, didn't it, Sarah? Alice, made it a special day, Andrea. Having your child baptized on Mother's Day. That's because every mother, every mother wants to see their child come to Jesus. That's what God wants too. Is your life out of control? Chaotic? Come to Jesus. Have you been faithful before, but you've backslidden? You're not on fire. You're not serving. Come to Jesus. You say, are you having a come to Jesus meeting? I hope so. Come to Jesus. That's what God wants. That's what your mom would want of you on Mother's Day. Come to Jesus.